Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersysGrubu.com. I am Mackie, your host, and joining me this evening is just you, because we're all on a holiday this week. We're taking a break. Well, I don't want to leave everybody with nothing to listen to on a Tuesday because we've been putting content out for the last year. So this week, we're putting out the interview we had last week with Ed Rosenthal. And pretty much he's here to talk about his new book, which has just been released. We spoke about it the last time he came to the show. But uh, he comes back, speaks about it again, and, and tells us about how he's got his 95-year-old mother-in-law packing up books to send them out to people. <laughs> Don't forget to sign up to the mailing list. And if you want to catch the show live at any time, then make sure you subscribe up to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high on homegrown. And you'll find us there. And we have a live show every Friday and every Sunday at nine o'clock GMT, uh, UK time, just to make it easy on me in, in the UK, because I'll get confused with time zones easily. You all know this, right? So yeah, j- just just me and you today, maybe take the dog for a walk, sit and chill, do some harvesting. Maybe you got some gardening to do. The interview is about an hour and a half long. It's super cool with loads of good info and you know some good banter as well. So you'll enjoy it. And we'll catch you on Friday at the session if you're free. And if not, we'll catch you on Sunday for the main show. Enjoy. See ya next week. So your your new book is out, Ed. The time has finally come. Yes. How does it feel? Of Of course, of course. Okay, here we go. Oh, look at the holographic front as well. Very nice. It's not holographic, but it is metallic. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Flick through the pages, though. You got the, is that book? Yeah, the book. Oh, sweet. Yeah, oh, yeah, look yeah, at the that. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. It's 600 pages, you know, almost 700. But it's got that new book smell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think that um, people will find it very useful. I hope so. Awesome. So um, did you have a little bit of problems getting it out there? It seems to have been delayed. The advanced copies have gone out or something? Everything's uh, everything's gone out or is going out. We're uh, shipping out about uh, two to 300 books a day. So are you sending them out all over the world too? Yes. Nice. Because uh, your lovely wife has sent me a copy. Yeah, you received it, right? No, I haven't got it. She said it should be with me by the end of October. So it is on the way, and I I can't wait to get it, because I've already got two of your books as well that are signed by Ed Rosenthal himself. So thank you for those as well, of course. I do like my books. Yeah, man. So with this book coming out, what's what's the favourite bit about it? What was the, uh, while you were writing the whole process, what was your favourite bit while you was making it? It was a little different than uh, other books that I've written recently because it was a collaboration with uh, two other people who played a really major portion part in the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, one was uh, Rob, Dr. Rob Flannery, who has a doctorate in plant science and runs Dr. Rob Farms, which is a big kind of 10,000 square foot cannabis farm. 
in the greenhouse and uh, also Angela Baca who has been a, who's been involved in cannabis uh, uh, writing for about 15 years now and she helped me with uh, marijuana growers handbook uh, year, 12 years ago so right so you started her off in her writing career then yes actually it was a, uh, working for me was her first job in the cannabis industry cool yeah and so uh and then we uh uh we collaborated with uh many other uh uh people who are involved in the industry or in the science of the industry mm -hmm. and so there must be uh four more than 40 people who collaborated around the book it's really a, Whoa. It was really a group effort it looks so but, good man i can't wait to get my copy i can't wait yeah, yeah. I'm going to be away for a few days while I'm reading it, you know? <laughs> I think it will really help growers a lot. And it provides a lot of information that was just wasn't available before. And new ways of looking at things like, for instance, light and uh, nutrients. And mm -hmm. so uh, we think that it will be, we hope that it will be a contribution to the uh, cannabis industry. And not only the cannabis industry, but to people who are growing cannabis, whether they're growing for their, themselves or for others as well. Well, it's uh, just another contribution from you as well, isn't it? You've, you're, this is like your 30th book you've been involved in? I don't know. I, I've been involved in a lot of books. And, you know, a uh, uh, number of books that I don't, that I didn't write, but I published, for instance, um, uh, two books on psilocybin, psilocybin growers guide and psilocybin mushroom handbook. Oh, cool. And, uh, Grower's Handbook. And um, so we published both of those books. So uh, <clears throat> we're trying to make a contribution to the mushroom industry. Mm -hmm. Is you this know, something you, you do as well? Are you you into mushrooms as well, Ed, or do you just stick to cannabis? Well, more as a consumer than as a grower. But right. recently there was a, uh, there was a uh, convention, small convention of uh, uh uh, psilocybin growers in town and one of them set me up with uh she had already gone uh, taking the spores through the grain so she set up a system where uh those were are now growing in sort of a, a planting mix mm. and uh i can't believe how uh how quickly they uh shoot up and also uh the the quantity that comes out of the small container mm. yeah it's something growing guys, mushrooms, sorry, much. Really, because it really is fast. No, yes. I was just going to say, growing mushrooms is super fascinating because it is such a fast process compared to growing cannabis. Right. Yeah. No lights. You don't have to worry about, you know, so many of the conditions, so many of the uh, special environment that cannabis needs. Well, mushrooms don't need it. They, they, uh, they, they don't use light and. Uh, uh, the nutrient is already locked in the soil, so it's so it's really just watching them grow. And it doesn't smell. <laughs> no, no odor. No. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are you smoking on today? Uh, the last time we spoke, you had the pre rolls up and running. Do you still have your pre rolls? No, I'm I'm just smoking some G4. Here's a here's a little part of it. Ooh. Yeah. It's extra three D. We are on the background there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, here's a here's a maybe a better example. Mm -hmm. So nice.
Yeah. So how would you harvest this? Have you taken any plants down in your garden yet? Well, I've taken all my plants down, you know, uh, but um, uh, but try to hit me the last couple, um, a few days before harvest, and I lost perhaps a quarter or a third of the crop. Ooh, yeah, that's quite a bit. You know, you know, you know, it can attack when it gets just the right conditions. It can attack very, very quickly. Yeah, there's not really much you can do about it once it sets in, especially yeah. growing but, outdoors as well. It's hard. But, but then I had another group, and what I did is I preemptively I sprayed them with uh, a combination of uh, uh, potassium bicarbonate, one percent potassium bicarbonate, and ten percent milk. You know, regular cow's milk. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can take five uh, and answer that if you need to, Ed. Don't worry about yeah, us. Yeah, let me answer this person. No problem. Do you want to mute yourself, Scott? Yeah. Scott hello. Please hold while Ed is on the phone. Anyway, Ed's on the phone. Can we, can we do this in an hour? I, I can't, I, I can't, uh, I can't do it. I'll call you in an hour. Okay? What? Okay, okay, bye. Bye, bye. Okay, I'm ready. Busy guy, Ed, busy guy. That's yeah, well, well, that's a that's a call from the uh, my group. Uh, I'm working with a group in Jamaica. It's really a great company. It's very integrated. It has uh, principals who are from Jamaica, Canada, and the U.S. And uh, it's a very integrated workforce. And when I say integrated workforce, I mean um, when I say integrated at all levels, not just. Um, you know, one group at the top yeah. and then all the others. It's a really integrated group. And, um, and I'm their agricultural director. And so we're doing things that just usually aren't done in industrial agriculture. And I'll just give you one example. We have a field and then between the field and nature, we have a two meter area that's planted uh, with sage, different kinds of sage, plants from the sage group. And those are very fragrant plants, rosemary, thyme, uh, plants like that. And they, um, they're very resistant to insects. So, mm. so insects avoid them. So we planted them all around the perimeter to keep insects out. How did it work out? Did you notice the difference in the amount of bugs on the cannabis? Well, uh, we, we have not had, of course, it's Jamaica, so that when you're outdoors, you're always going to have some insects, mm -hmm. but we've noticed less of an infection than usual. And awesome. we think that over a period of time, as those plants grow, they'll, they'll provide more protection for the plants. That's just one example. But the other thing that we're doing a little differently, usually agricultural party will come in and they'll even out the ground so that they can just run their plow through it and make it really even and they don't take into account the lay of the land or the drainage the uh, micro drainage systems and what we did was we followed the micro drainage systems and then we built small reservoirs where the water pooled so that we get have natural irrigation coming in as it rains filling our um, storage areas. 
Uh, how many acres did you say this was? 30. Cool. How many plants you got on that? Mm, well, we haven't fully planted it out and we're using different techniques, but we're planting from, um, we're using, depending on the variety and what we're trying to do, we're planting anywhere from um, about uh, 4,000 plants per acre to up we're doing trials that would encompass up to 160,000 plants per acre. So, one, every, um, one every six inches. Nice. <laughs> so, that, so we're, we're looking, and it's a question of, um, of both the variety and what we're trying to do. And in Jamaica, you know, you have uh, uh, you're the most, uh, um, the most light that you get is like maybe uh, 13 and a half hours of light, mm -hmm. which is not enough to prevent flowering. So with most varieties. So if we want to prevent flowering in most varieties, we have to break up the dark cycle. Yeah. And, yeah. But that's much more convenient than um, having to uh, do light deprivation, you know, where you put covers over the lights and mm. over the plants. So, um, so having that light cycle gives us, affords us a lot of opportunity to do experiments and how to increase yield uh, through um, flower manipulation, you know, deciding when, we, when it should flower. Mm. And I like to grow small plant, pretty small plants so that they spend most of their time in flowering than, rather than spending their time in uh, in gr growth, which mm -hmm. doesn't really help us. That's right. You said that is a good method of growing. And Monkey here, he's going to go for your technique on his next grow, isn't he, Monkey? That's right. I've actually got the pots ordered. This is all going to be done in the tent, Ed, because I don't have a big bed. So I've ordered six-inch pots, nine inches tall, about a gallon and a half each. And I'm going to put Great. 10 of them in my tent and we're going to go from seed and we're going to try this, this, uh, everything 12, 12 from, from germination on up and see what happens. Is that correct? Well, what I would do is I would, um, give, break up that dark cycle, um, until the plants re uh, reach perhaps a foot and spread out into the canopy a bit. Uh -huh. Because if you, if you flower them, as soon as they come out of, uh, um, except if this pure sativas, but if you flower them when they come out, uh, when they first germinate, you'll get really plants that are really too small. So I would give them a little bit of vegetative growth before they, uh, put, before I put them into flowering. That was and it, depends how, it depends what size canopy, you know, talking about the, the area of your, of, the canopy for each plant and the canopy should be much smaller. You know, the canopy, the plants should fill the canopy that they're assigned uh -huh. or almost fill it before you put them into flower. Uh, I can do that. I definitely yeah. can do that. And thank you for clearing that up. That's going to make this grow a whole lot easier on me that way. It's going to yeah. be interesting. Oh yeah. It's yeah. So, yeah. So if you, if you're growing from seed, it's probably going to be three weeks or so before you flower. If you're growing from clone, it would probably be about two weeks. Uh, we'll do that. It's going to be by seed, and I'll give it at least three weeks to go ahead and veg out, and yeah. we'll flip it and see what happens. 
And when you say break up the night cycle, how would you recommend doing that? Just keeping it on 14 hours light or add some light? No, mid light no, cycle? no, what happens is the plants measure the number of hours of uninterrupted darkness. Remember that term, uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. And so every time, if you interrupt, interrupt the dark cycle with some light, then the plants start their count over. And when they, and they, as they measure the dark cycle, when the dark when the dark cycle reaches a certain um, length of time, it's their signal to start flowering, mm-hmm. and that's how they that's how they determine that fall is coming on and they should start to flower. Mm-hmm. So if you interrupt that dark cycle, they start to count over again. All right. So in the middle of the of the dark cycle, let's say your dark cycle is twelve hours. And if in the middle of the dark cycle, if you just flash a light, um, just even for a few seconds, uh, the plant starts the count over again, and it doesn't get long. And the the length of the uninterrupted dark cycle isn't enough to trigger them into flower mm. when you break it up. Now, part of this technique is it gas lamp routine? Is it the gaslight routine? Gaslighting, yeah. It, there's a, I've heard the grow technique like this before, but can it, is that all for all strains as well, or do some strains still flower? Well, the auto flowers, you know, the auto flowers aren't affected by it, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. all the other varieties are. So when you go out to plant all these seeds in your field in Jamaica, have yes. you got a particular strain in mind that you're going to grow or selection? Well, uh, the, the company uh, that I work with has an arrangement with Humboldt Seed Company. Cool. So it's different varieties from Humboldt Seeds. Awesome. So a good breeder too. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they have some very good breeders. And grown near the equator, so that's going to be some good-ass weed. Yeah. So is this well, something starting next year, in the, in the next summertime? Well, I suppose it doesn't matter, does it, in, around the equator in Jamaica? Well, you know, Jamaica, it's 12 months of the year growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the one, you know, they say that, and I just said it, but really, you you want to try to avoid flowering during the uh, rainy season. Yeah. Because it's, just, it's yeah. just too wet. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's not too wet for growth, but it's too wet for flowering. Right. You've got your, you've got an indoor grow as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I work on an indoor grow as well. Are you still and, growing in Rockwell? Uh, no, I'm, well, um, right now the main thing that I'm using is just a water, not a substrate, but I'm growing directly in water. Cool. So the the, the uh, I'm in between um, grows, but the the plants, you know. You ever see uh, lettuce rafts where the, the the lettuce is growing on top of these uh, um, styrofoam rafts that are floating on the water? Oh yeah, yeah. That that's that's what I'm experimenting with. Oh, how's it working out? It works out okay, but the big thing in it is maintaining enough oxygen in the water. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. Lots and of so, stones. Well, um, I'm using different techniques and different tools that people have. Some um, pressurize, use pressure to put oxygen in the water, sort of 
similar to um, when you carbonate water to make soda water, hmm. similar to that. And then um, I have one with that uh, uh, uses a process of running electricity through the water and it breaks the water up into its constituents, hydrogen and oxygen. And the hydrogen floats up, the, but the oxygen, it's very, very small particles that um, have a hard, that, that stay in the water for a while. Mm. So that's good. And th th there are other techniques that are being, that I'm looking at as well. But, but certainly uh, uh, using uh, bubblers, that, that will work. It's just that it, it's hard to scale that up because it requires so much equipment. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an interesting way to grow. I'd love to try that. Is the light getting into the water then as well? Or do you... No, no, no. The, the, you know, there's a solid piece of styrofoam. Yeah. So that prevents light from getting in the mm -hmm. water. And the idea of this is that um, the, the roots have access to all the nutrients immediately. Mm, so it's like an NFT technique. Well, it's like it, but it's even, even more so with the NFT, you know, there's a thin film of water mm -hmm. and then, uh, then there's oxygen. And here they're in the water and you're oxygenating the water. Cool. And um, my goal is to bring the oxygen levels up for the roots up to a very high level. Mm. One thing that I'm experimenting with is adding, uh, putting additives in the water that will make it thicker. Make the water thicker? Yeah, so it's a little, it's, so it's a little more viscous hmm. than it usually is. And I think that that will hold the oxygen better. Hmm. How's it working and out so way, far? Well, um, it's still, an, let's just say it's still experimental, but, hmm. uh, but, um, I think that there's a lot of potential in it. And the, the way that I'm doing it right now is adding um, uh, very, very tiny pieces of uh, cotton to it. But I mean, it's ground, but it's ground super fine. Hmm. And so that actually thickens the water up a little bit. Wow. Another method that I've been thinking of is putting glycerin in the water, but I haven't tried that yet. Mm, so if, if the water, here's my theory. If the water is thicker, mm -hmm. right, then uh, tiny oxygen bubbles will have a harder time uh, finding their way out of the water by going, mm -hmm. you know, to the top. Yeah. So they will do that, but they'll do it at a slower rate so that the amount of oxygen yeah, that's right. increases. I mean, you could, have you seen that stuff... It's reasonably new. It's called, I can't remember the name of it, but it's water, but it's essentially just thicker. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, well, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like little granules, and they, it, either they hold water or, you know, what? one of the ways I got the idea, you know, um, when they deliver, um, you know, uh, you know uh, how the, they, there are these services now that provide um that you get a package and it has everything that you need to cook a dinner mm -hmm. 
And uh, some of them are refrigerated using the, this, um, this material that thickens up water. So it looks like little granules in it. Mm -hmm. And so what, one of the things that I haven't used it for agricultural yet, but was to take that material and mix it with more water and uh, in a blender and so that the water is thicker. So, mm -hmm. you know what, I've, I've spoken, you know, in working on the book, I spoke with any number of researchers about this and nobody has thought about this or tried this actually. Mm, it sounds it's, really interesting, man. I'd like to give it a go. That's it's, cool. It's all new. I mean, don't do it with your main garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's practice one on the side, man, on the, in the small tent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounds like a great experiment. I wonder, I mean, Gilbert's probably listening now, being like, oh, I'm going to try this. <laughs> He's probably already ordered the thick water, you know? <laughs> but, so how long are you away from harvest, like, from any sure results with this, to know if it does any better? Or... I'm still playing with it. I, I haven't... I haven't tried to grow plants to maturity using this yet, mm -hmm. but um, uh, I'm, I'm um, constructing a new setup in order to do it more efficiently so that I can do a number of controls in it. And uh, so probably sometime next month, I'll start working. Sweet. Actually planting, I'll be using clones. So. Yeah, I, I want to give that a shot. I mean, I wonder if you could like, in the future, make a nutrient product that you yeah, added to just like a liter of water, for example, add a gram of it to a liter of water, and it thickens the water and it's got nutrients in it too. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Right. Right. Well, the thing about it is it will also hold the nutrients, uh, not necessarily in solution, but in, in a stable mix. Mm. So that would be good as well. Yes. Matt, what, what made you? Think about it. Were you just sitting there one day and thought, oh, I'm going to make well, the water thicker? <laughs> well, I, ha I had this garden going and um, like I felt I, 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 it was a water garden. And I felt that even with the bubblers, that the, the roots weren't getting enough oxygen. Like I was only getting a reading of six and seven and I wanted a reading of 10. Right. And so... I thought about, well, I could put more bubbles in the water, but like, isn't there an easier way to do this mm. than, than, you know, the, just agitating the water water so much. So, that, so th I thought that, the, so having seen this material, I thought, well, if the water is more viscous, then it will hold the oxygen more. Yeah. So it, it, it does raise the oxygen levels. Is it substantial? Well, see, what? Did you get the the tender you were looking for? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, but I, you know what? I wasn't working with plants. I was just working with um, containers of, mm -hmm. of water, of different waters with different percentages of material in it. And it, a very, even a very small amount of certain things like cotton raises a viscosity. I wouldn't say it's a viscosity, but the thickness of the water mm -hmm. quite a bit. So that, um, you know, it, beco it, it becomes, 
it's it's not as watery. It's more viscous. Every time Ed comes on the show, man, he just brings along this knowledge, and we're like, whoa. You know, gotta try this shit. <laughs> you, know, you got monkeys already trying out the uh, the many plants with the small veg time and shit. Uh, that sounds interesting. I'd love to get a DWC bucket up well, and running and just pour some thick water in. So here, here's the theory of the small plants. If your plant is growing uh, material that you're not going to use, like stems or leaves. Um, if you can uh, minimize that and maximize flower growth, then uh, then you'll have a more efficient use of the plant. Mm. And so that's what those small plants are. Rather than spending time growing in infrastructure, you just get them so that they have one stem and uh, then we'll have one big bud. And everything goes to just feeding that one big bud rather than many. Yeah, and and also, and you're not growing all that stem material and leaf material, which takes time to grow and isn't doing anything for mm-hmm. you. And takes resources too. Yeah, yeah, every all of it, mm-hmm. labor, resources, energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. give it a shot and see what happens. This is going to be very sure. interesting. <clears throat> and you're going from seed as well, monkey, right? Oh, absolutely, going from seed. And it's going to be multiple strains, so I'm going to have to fight that a little bit, but. Uh, I guess if I'm going to try it, then I must well try it the way I want to do it. So there's a very, very interesting. If you're growing small plants and you're growing different varieties, even as small plants, you'll see what the plants will look like if they were larger. Mm -hmm. And also, um, if you're doing breeding, and, and you're testing the plant for, you know, qualities, for instance, cannabinoids or terpenes, then they'll, a small plant will have the same terpenes and same uh, cannabinoids as a large plant. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have these small plants, you take cuttings from each of them so that if you like the plant, you're preserving it, right? And then um, and then you flower these small plants. So instead of growing a plant for two months or so and flowering it, you can flower the small plant, a small plant, see if you like the material that it's producing and not waste all that time producing this big plant to get a little bit of material to test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you've tested the material and you say, oh, Plant C is the one that I really like, and the others are just so-so. So now you have the cutting from plant C, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. now you can grow that as a big plant, but you haven't wasted time and space and your energy growing these big plants, most of which you're going to say, ah, so-so. Mm-hmm. Right? So using a small plant technology, you can test out hundreds of plants for instance, in a 10 by 10 area, let's say, uh, we're talking about feet, let's say 10 foot by 10 foot area, 100 square feet, you could grow, you could easily grow 200 plants. Now, a lot of people in 10 square, in 100, in 100 square feet are only going to grow 
four or five or 10 plants. So, so this, it gives you uh, the ability to, to really test a, a large number of plants. And, you know, when you're doing classical breeding, the, the, the magic key to it is numbers. That is, uh, you know, the more plants that you have that you're testing, the more likely you're going to have to get something that's really great. Mm -hmm. You only need one. And that's breeder Steve said the same thing. He, he when he does breeding, he breeds out like five hundred plants at a time to try and find out what the best ones are. You know, it's difficult for a lot of indoor growers because it's just lack of space. But if you grow small plants, you can do tests and you know grow out hundred seeds at a time. Well, in a four by four foot area, you could grow like sixty four plants or so. Wow. Yeah. You see, you I got four by four, sixty four plants in there. Wow. But attending, yeah. But but remember, they're all just you know one stem with an off stem yeah. that you can um, uh, clone. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so the, you know, and so if you're looking for something in particular, especially some uh, uh, chemical combination, uh, that's the way to go because you can test. You know, you have so many test subjects. Wow. I'd love to give that a shot as well. I just don't have enough grow rooms. Man. I don't have enough tents for, for interviews with Ed, you know? <laughs> Do you really need your kitchen? That The wife does. I'll, I'll speak to her, though. You know? <laughs> the kids don't need their bedrooms, surely. Surely they're old uh, enough now. Bunk beds. Put all six of them in one room and bunk beds. Yep, that's right. <laughs> So with the book, Ed, you, have you got it up on your website? You can buy it at Amazon, all these different big book uh, places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we. I hired a big PR, a small, well, for me it's big, but I hired a, a PR firm that has really, you know, they know how to, uh, you know, I already have a good net presence, but they, they, uh, they've done some uh, really good things and we're, getting a lot of publicity awesome. but, but I think the, the book itself is going to provide that you know what it's it's like this you, you know it's like movies um, you, you can advertise a movie all you want but if it's not a good movie people won't go to see it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the, this book even though it, there's a publicity campaign and you know doing all sorts of little things in that. Um, the main thing is that marijuana, uh, that uh, uh, the books sell based on personal personal recommendations by readers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if people like it, then they tell their friend, you know, you should, you should get this book. But it's not just this book, but all your other books as well. You've always produced. Well, they should get all books. of them. They should, everybody should have the complete library. Indeed. I don't see why the United States government doesn't subsidize, you know, give subsidies <laughs> to people to get these books. I just don't understand that. That's right. We need to start a petition right, right now. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome, man. So you've sold a lot of these books already. You got a lot of the uh, pre-orders ready to go out and, and all that, you know. Yeah, I've been, I've been, 
you know, I made the foolish decision to, rather than to have some uh, packing company do it, to do it ourselves, but we've gotten so many orders. That, um... <laughs> awesome, man. So, you know, in, the, uh, in California, there was a recall election for the governor, Gavin Newsom, who has been pretty, I think he's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's helped the state provide uh, to needy people and, you know, who have been hurt by the, by the pandemic and, you know, other things. And mm -hmm. he would, and also he's been pretty good about pot. In fact, uh, Big Mike from Advanced Nutrients, he had this big Halloween party. It was very interesting. I think it was 2018 or 2000, 2018, I think, 2019. And at the beginning of the party, uh, Gavin Newsom came to the beginning of the party, like a pre-party. And then Newsom left and more and more people came and it was a very opulent party. An incredible amount of food, drug bars. When I say drug, you know, just just pot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, pot, pot at its uh, concentrate and stuff. So anyway, and um, and so the governor was there early at the party, and then uh, everybody was beginning to leave, but the cops came to close the party down. So everybody decided to stay to see what was going to happen with the cops. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here was a party that started with the governor and ended with the cops. <laughs> Did they stay and smoke some? <laughs> well, everybody was saying to the cops, hey, those are really neat uniforms. They look so real. <laughs> you know? It was a Halloween party, you know. Oh, so, man, that would have been funny. <laughs> Halloween's uh, coming, Ed. Do you have any plans for Halloween? I, I, I haven't heard of anything really cool this year yet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Man. But um, I don't know. What would you dress up as if there was? <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, I had a friend uh, uh, who uh, started All Species Day. Got, he adopted the name Ponderosa Pine. And right. he was a fixture in San Francisco Bay Area. And so actually, I, manu I uh, caused the t All Species Day t-shirts to be uh, printed and, you know, distributed. So he, uh, so, so I came as a smallpox virus. <laughs> Because you know they wanted it would at the old species day you were supposed to come as a threatened species. <laughs> so you get the one which you stuck up in the lab. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go with it? Who's wearing like a a bubble or something? How do you dress about how Yeah, it had little uh it it it, it was like uh sort of a sheet that was around a a, a frame of a ball and I had little things sticking out from it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, uh, uh, tendrils and like, 
some sort of trichome type point and things. Cool. Everybody, nobody wanted to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, did you have something contagious? Is that what it was? I used to do, you know, uh, are you familiar with Festivus? The first introduced by, uh, by Seinfeld, in Seinfeld. Well, I used to produce these big, um, uh, for a number of years, uh, these big parties that were, uh, were Festivus parties, and it was for the industry. And at that time, it was when the industry was nascent and everybody knew each other and there was more camaraderie and it was a combination of activists and entrepreneurs at that time. So, uh, so it was for the industry and friends of the industry and uh, halfway through the party, I would change and I, these ran for a number of years, I would change into a dress. And it's not like I had earrings on or anything. I was still wearing my Birkenstocks. And, you know, I wasn't shaved. You know, I didn't shave my legs or anything. It was, it was like, it wasn't a woman. It was a guy in a dress. Right. <laughs> but you know what that proved to me? Guys will pinch anything with a dress on. <laughs> you must have looked good, Ed. You must have looked good. I don't think so. I think it's just the fact of wearing a dress. They yeah, have a some guys like them chicks with the hairy legs, you know. <laughs> and, well, and arms. <laughs> and faces. <laughs> Each to their own, man. <laughs> so no plans for this Halloween, then you're going to probably stay in. I, well, you know, it's 10 days away, you know. It's more and you, you're very busy away. as well, I suppose, you know. It, with all the book signings? Actually, I, you know, after writing for uh, all those months, it was very intense. Hmm. I've taken taken a couple months off and um, except for the consulting jobs that are on a continuing basis, I haven't really done much of anything. Uh, more uh, recreational things. So, visiting gardens, nice. like um, both... Um, both marijuana gardens and others, but you know, consultation as well. That's cool. Yeah, I like. Well, I was mentioning that for, for that company in Jamaica, and the thing about it is that I haven't been down there since the pandemic started. Mm. But what I do is I go down there with my Zoom camera. With you know, they by it, Zoom yeah, or. Yeah. or uh, uh, FaceTime, you know, like on an iPhone. So, so I go down into the fields, but I don't have to travel to do it. So it's been very convenient. Nice. But I bet yeah. you still can't wait to get down there and actually see it. Yeah, I, I'm planning to go in December. Awesome. Yeah. The perfect time as well. It's going to start getting cold. Head down, head down south, somewhere warm. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to stay there for a while. Um, well, I don't know what we, you know, right now I, I'm not working on any books or anything mm -hmm. on that and that end. So, uh, I, I don't, I have a little bit more freedom to, uh, decide things on the spur of the moment. Yeah. You deserve a holiday as well. I, I would like to go, you know, there's, there's this, uh, there's, you know, the, 
you know, I, I like the dead a lot, you know, the Grateful Dead. Cool. So they have this big festival. I think it's going to be for three weeks in Cancun. So I'd like to go there for a week. Awesome. And then there's this also in Arizona, I think it's in February, there's this big gem and rock festival. And I'd like to do that also. In Germany, you say? No, no, a gem festival. Oh, gem festival, okay. You rock, rocks and gems, you know, like. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I like to see, go to that. You like rocks and, as well, or do you like geology and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Cool. But it, it, my house is filled with paintings, some sculptures, rocks, you know, just. <laughs> Uh, my kids uh, say that uh, Jane, my wife Jane and I are hoarders. <laughs> I, I was just looking at Amethyst, Amethyst Geodes earlier yeah. on. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, you can easily become... Like, I think um, the, the difference between a collector and a hoarder is the amount of space that they have to put stuff in. <laughs> that's right if you got space it's not hoarding yeah. right I can still move around this room <laughs> I can still get in I can still close hey, the door it, behind me <laughs> hey, I see a piece of wall you know I, I know what we can put there <laughs> and TG so, would love that because so, TG is a geologist doesn't he so, my wife and I we, we were in a like believe me we have if you wanted to come with 20 people um for dinner, we have the silverware, the dishes, everything to handle that, right? <laughs> so we're in the store. It's a uh, like uh, you know a used uh, used store, and and they get a lot of their material from across the way where there's a uh, senior citizen center, and like. When people die there, the relatives clear the place out, and the easiest place to do is to bring it to this this uh, used store, which is run by a nonprofit, right? So they take the stuff from the apartment and it goes into the store. So there's always new stuff coming as people die. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, so there were these dishes, like they were these chi Chinese type of dishes that sort of ornate. And like, we don't really need dishes, right? <laughs> but there was like, once Jane and I locked, up, locked in on that, we knew that those dishes were coming home with us. <laughs> you know, well, you know. Might as well. Listen, one of the other dishes might break, right? You never know. <laughs> Better so. to have too many than not enough. Mm. And, you know, but, if the wife says, yeah, then buy it, then you have to say yes. She's well, it, it, there was no argument there. there, there was, <laughs> you know, I'm so, a sensible man. <laughs> no, like, oh, that would be great, you know. I need on those. I mean... Like it has to be well, like we go either for the novel or something that's really has some intrinsic value to it. Mm. 
So have you been getting up to much while you while you've been on lockdown other than growing? Like have you got any other hobbies? Other hobbies. Yeah, other things well, you like to do other than weed and rocks. <laughs> well, Play golf you know, or I like to I like to get high. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite hobbies too. Yeah, you know. Any plans for any books in the future? Or are you just right now you're just taking your break and enjoying yourself? You know, um we we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of books in mind, but I would not be the writer of them. Mm. Uh, more the publisher and uh, editor, and um, some of those books are uh, a new book on growing a new book on growing psilocybin or revising one of the two that we have, Sweet. and then a book on the different, a separate book on the different, like not a cultivator's book, but a book for the consumer on different psilocybin mushrooms and dosages and way to take them, how to get them measured, you know, consumer stuff rather than mm -hmm. growing stuff. Yes, yes. And then uh, we'd like, we th think that Beyond Bud's Next Generation should be revised. But I, I, but it's gotten so much more complex mm -hmm. that I think that that should go into two books, into a do-it-yourself book, you know, for for doing stuff at home, mm -hmm. and maybe a more um, more technical book for uh, pro for commercial processing. And uh, th then there are a few other cultivation books that, that, and techniques that um, that I try to like to get the authors to uh, uh, join with us in producing mm. other books on on that. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Josh uh, Haupt has a, a book called Three a Pound, and I, I mean uh, Three Pounds Light. It's actually called three a light, but it's three pounds a light. Right. And he has this technique called schwazing, and I'd like him to write a. a he has a, a detailed book about it, but I'd like him to, like, to publish a book by him, for instance. Schwazing is that a lollipop? No. S similar. No, no it, it's he takes a, a, at day one and day twenty of flowering. He takes off all the big leaves. Right. Okay. And, and it works out for him. It, do, it does well. Well, that's why he wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I'd but, like to see it grow like that. Well, um, the book is, the book, his book is expensive. It's $300. What? Uh, yeah. Is it because of the amount of research that went into it or, or was it so much? Well, well, if you're a grower, and you can increase your yield. How much is that worth to you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like software. Yeah. Like your lights, your lights, and all of the, you know, all, all the tools that you have for growing. You know, the CO2 and everything. All the appliances. Mm -hmm. That's all hardware. Right. Yeah. But. But where's the money? The money—I mean, the money's in the software because it tells you how to use the hardware, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So think of his book as software. Indeed. So, yeah. so, how much, like that. so if, if on the first, let's say you have one light and you've been getting two pounds of light and the next crop you get three pounds, how much is that information worth? Mm -hmm. Is it worth three hundred dollars? Oh yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah. <laughs> what? Right? Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, three hundred dollars um, though. Oof. Well, that, that's well, a book better actually. Hey, really. hey, wait a second. <laughs> I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make life easier for you. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Okay. This is going to totally change your life. <laughs> when you're thinking of equipment for growing, for growing or for processing, don't think in terms of uh, dollars. Mm. Think in terms of pounds. <laughs> I don't mean British pounds. Yeah, 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 the weed pounds. Right. Think in terms of pounds. Mm -hmm. Oh, that light could, will cost me a pound. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I do a similar thing with ounces. It's like that that light will okay. cost me three ounces. Okay. So okay, so how much does that book cost you an ounce? Yeah, an ounce of about an ounce really, an ounce and a half, which is nothing. Okay, so it's nothing. It's, nothing. Yeah. it's two days worth of smoke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, if you think of it in, in dollars, you know, you're just gonna go mm. get very or in currency you're just going to get uh, you know upset and things mm -hmm. so just think of it in terms of ounces or pounds yeah because i've got a lot more weed than i have money <laughs> right so then that 300 dollars for that book isn't that much yeah i suppose you're right man makes right? sense and it, is it all about schwarzing then is that what the whole book is about he has a whole tech he has a whole growing technique but the core of it is the schwazing yeah you wouldn't buy the book without that in it mm -hmm. uh, i'd rather get the ed rosenthal book still <laughs> me too hey i'm gonna order one have you not got one yet no i, I they're all over the top <laughs> they're all over I, I made the decision to that that rather than hiring a shipping company, we would ship the books out. Mm -hmm. And so you can see the pictures uh, on my site that my mother-in-law is, uh, you know, we're, we're giving a free photo in, in each, with each book. Oh, cool. So my mother-in-law my mother is packing the photo. She's 95. We had photos of her packing the photos. No way. So those people out there getting an Ed Rosenthal book in the advanced copy is going to get a photograph of you. And it was well, packed by your 95-year-old mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. We're exploiting the elderly. I was just saying that, making, <laughs> making her fucking work for her dinner, Ed. I like it. <laughs> you know, imagine that. You know, because think of the amount of things that woman's seen throughout her life as well. 95, and that now being 95 and she's working on a cannabis book. That's pretty sweet. Well, her husband went off to World War II and came back, you know. Wow. And, right? Yeah. That's he, a... he, he lived until a few, two, three years, three years ago. Cool. And he, well, uh, so I'll give you a cautionary uh, story. So he 
the doctor saw a black spot on his lung. Now, the guy is 94 years old, and he has a black spot on the lung. Mm. So how long is that going to be? How long is that black spot going to take before it will really affect him, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, they gave him radiation, and he never really recovered his strength from that. The radiation killed him yeah, over a period yeah. of two years. Damn. So... Yeah, and the cancer have, might have, well, if, it, if the black spot I assume was cancer, maybe take yeah, five, yeah, six yeah, years. But, yeah, right. So, you know, he's not, he was 94. Or well, Tommy five. Chong is in a similar position. Tommy Chong has, a, is it prostate cancer Tommy Chong has? And rather than operate on it, it's like it'll take longer for the cancer to kill you. Because Tommy Chong's like 90 years old now. So how old is Tommy Chong? He's 80. 80 yeah, but you see, the thing about uh, prostate cancer is this, that, that a lot of people, they watch it until it reaches a certain point. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, they have to make a decision whether they're going to take care of it. Yeah. And But that can be, depending on what type it is, it can be a long time. Mm. And now they have new methods. They have a there's a lot of new um, new methods that they have for dealing with the, with uh, prostate cancer. Yeah. So. No, all sorts of cancer. There's technology yeah. coming out all the time. Yeah. Do you think there's any real evidence to show that cannabis does fight against cancer? I think that uh, there is evidence of that, and especially in concentrated forms. Mm. You know. Any number of people have had these different skin, small squamous uh, skin cancers that yeah. they've eliminated with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that internally as well. And there, there are a lot of experiments that have been done on that. Um, the ICRS, International Cannabinoids Research Society, um, they publish... Um, uh, uh, a journal uh, on the internet of uh, synopsis of the, all these of different experiments that have been performed by their members over the each year, and uh, there's so much on uh, cannabis regulating either regulating the body or helping to cure uh, problems, you know problems. Uh, mm-hmm different uh, f- physiological and mental problems. Yeah, definitely mental problems, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeps me out of trouble. You see, you see when I first uh, got my one of my first uh, recommendations for marijuana, when you needed a uh, recommendation for it, uh, was for mocking and disruptive behavior. Yeah. The doctor who gave it to me, uh, uh, Dr. Mike Alkali, he did not say that whether that would exacerbate it or eliminate it. <laughs> what do you find? Well, when uh, when I told my friend my friends what he, the, the diagnosis was, you know, they most of them agreed with that with that <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> so, was that the first time you got actually prescribed cannabis then from a doctor? No, the first time I got it was from Dr. Todd Micaria, and he gave me a prescription that said on it, 
should never be without marijuana. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah. I want one of those. Well, <laughs> well basically, you haven't. You, you have been self prescribed. Mm-hmm. And I doubt that you are ever without marijuana. Well, I wish I was a doctor so I could make it official. <laughs> well, you know, so many people put the name doctor on their name. Maybe if you have a child, you should name it doctor. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. What's his name? Doctor. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought about something like that the other day with one of my dogs. So I want to get a new dog. I'm going to call it yeah. Sir, and that will be his name. So, you know, I just, what's his name, sir? <laughs> People just have to call my dog, sir, all the time. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had a dog named Dog. A mean dog? No, I, I had a dog and it was named Dog. <laughs> it's a good name. And I bet you listen. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, like, it, it was supporting its outlook on life, you know, so. <laughs> So I was recently on this show, and it was in uh, it was a Zoom show, and it was in Virginia. And uh, the reason they had me on the show is because Virginia has recently said that uh, made marijuana legal, and said people can grow up to four plants. And uh, but there was a problem that because. You know, in Virginia, they had a lot of drug-sniffing dogs, and now these dogs are going to be out of work. (laughs) Very true. It's true. This is all true. And Mm -hmm. they asked me if I had a solution for them, and I said, well, they should put the dogs up for adoption, but only by people who are heavy marijuana users. (laughs) And they asked, why is that? And I said that, well, if the dog, first of all, if uh, pe- those people are likely to have misplaced marijuana and the dogs would always be able to find it for them. Where, where did I put that bag? Oh, oh. Fido, find that bag. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is, yeah, let's say they were in a normal household. And, you know, like they, they felt these dogs, you know, they have a... Like they, they actually have a self-image, you know, that they're doing something important mm-hmm. when they're looking for this pot, right? I do my, my part and, for the community. And if they're in a normal house, they'd never get a chance to uh, show the, the, the fine quality of their work, you know? And to, <laughs> you know, you know how, like, work gives you... Uh, a healthy self-image if you do it well, but those dogs would never get a chance to do it in a normal household. <laughs> so it would have to be somewhere where there's a lot of pot around and they could always point. That I completely agree, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have a dog now, Ed? No, I have no. a cat. All right. That's it. We love dogs here. We all love dogs. Well, I, I used to have a dog. But um, I travel too much. Yeah. Same here. Well, not the last two years. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I got a wife instead. Does Jane do a lot of work uh, on the team? Like, because she responds to a lot of your emails she, and things she, like that? She, 
she's the pub she's the publisher here cool and she, and, and she runs you know all the business stuff and everything yeah and so um i rarely go to a bank <laughs> it's the same for me man. <laughs> or even have any banking you know like as as an example she yeah. just uh, fills my wallet every once in a while <laughs> this is the same for me <laughs> It's like the missus deals with it all, man. I, I'm just not responsible enough to be dealing with money. Well, like, like I do more, you know, uh, I do more of the writing. I do the writing mostly. Mm -hmm. And you have to be in the right mindset and the zone to do that kind of thing. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of time, doesn't it? No, no, actually, <laughs> um, you know, like I write on command. I mean, like, when uh, something has to get done, I don't, like what I remember a time when I was uh, writing uh, one of the first books and um, a number of times where I would, um, I, I wouldn't know how to start. And if I couldn't start the thing, then I couldn't write it. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I'd be there for a half hour and my deal with myself was, if I was supposed to be doing that, I couldn't just substitute and do something else. I would just sit there, even if it wasn't productive. And then after a while, it just, okay, I have to write this. And, um, you know, it, it's like practice. Just mm -hmm. the more practice you have, easier, easier yeah. it gets. But, and you enjoy writing still. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to be writing um, a semi-fictional autobiography soon. A, se a semi-fictional autobiography soon? Yeah. So I'll give you a few examples. I can't decide <laughs> I can't <wait. laughs> whether I was born in New York in one time period or in Berkeley in another. Okay. <laughs> right. I can't decide whether or not my original, my uh, real name is John Smith. Why not? Or, or Ed Rosenthal, are you just deciding this? So let me explain. <laughs> what if I said, well, my real name was John Smith, but I decided that if I was going to write these books and put the name of John Smith on the books, people would say, you know, let you know, that's a fake name, you know, that's not even a pen name. That's just a fake name. <laughs> so in order to seem like it was a real name, I would have to use a fake name. And then I decided, well, in German, Rosenthal means Valley of Roses. So that's pretty good. You know, it's associated with plants and everything. And, you know, there's the Einstein effect of the name. So, you know, so anyway, and so there was, so that was, um, um, you know, so that would be a reason for being, for have winding up with the name Ed Rosenthal rather than the real name, John Smith. <laughs> right. Okay. So your name is really John Smith, but people would have thought, that. no, you didn't say that. No, you maybe, maybe you're just, um, theoretically. <laughs> it could be in the simulation, but that name seemed fake. So, 
<laughs> I don't know. I think so, I think Ed Rosenthal would be the, the best way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, now I think I've used up that name. I'm thinking of a new name, Jerry Wonder. Okay. <laughs> well. Oh, so, you know, I was mentioning before about vacationing. So there's a three-week thing of the dead in, in Cancun. And so I'm trying to see if I can get tickets to that. Sweet. That would be pretty cool, yeah. Man, you so, to get out and do something instead of being stuck at home all the time would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Are you smoking it? Are you, are you smoking that? Are you smoking a joint with us before we go? Nice. His personal I've been smoking all along. You didn't see me smoking? Uh, I did see a little bit. Just a little. Get high. Let's all get high. Yeah. You smoke a lot, Ed, do you? Or just now and again, and like every day? I only smoke? smoke once a day starting in the morning. Okay. Same <laughs> here. But listen, I, I'll tell you what. I, I'm <laughs> sure you've heard this before, but I only smoke when I'm alone or with people. Mm-hmm. Good way to be. Yeah. Oh, gosh, man. Ed cracks Very... me up. Shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we were speaking last time as well about the, uh, what was it called, Monkey? The the personal incineration device. Was it? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's this. That's Portable it. hazardous waste incinerator right here. Doing right your part. Just doing your duty there, Ed. Hey. Listeners, just send your pot right to me, and I will uh, destroy it for you. <laughs> Legally. Right there. Right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll take the hit. No problem. He'll, he'll take the hit for you, bro. Look, there he is, disposing of somebody's Listen, cannabis right and now. And I want to say that uh, I'm not interested in disposing of bad pot, because people aren't going to use it anyway. So... <laughs> So I only want to dispose of the top grade pot, you know. <laughs> he wants to remove the risk from the from the market. That's right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to hearing more about that uh, semi-fictional autobiography. That sounds like a great idea, man. <laughs> yeah. I hope yeah. everybody's incinerating their cannabis now and getting it off the streets, doing your duty. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes I feel I'm working at cross purposes, though, because even though I wrote this book, I, you know, like, okay, it's about marijuana, but everybody knows it's really about tomatoes and growing tomatoes. But, you know, you can't, it's hard to get publicity about a tomato book. Very true. I wonder what other gardening books sound like, man. I wonder. You think cannabis books sound more compared to ordinary gardening books? Probably. Right? I, I don't know. I think some gardening books must sell hundreds of thousands. Hmm. Actually, like um, when you see the production in the books, and then you see the price on them, which isn't too much. You say, well, they have to have. You know, they have yeah. to be. You know. They've already made their money back. Yeah, they they have to have they have to be printing large quantities to do you know mm-hmm. for that economics. Yeah. So this this is one of our larger printings. We did fifteen thousand. Nice. 
books. And, Are you uh, expecting there to be a second run? Uh, the second run is arriving in about two weeks. Cool. That, that, that's 10,000. And then we'll have a third printing in about two or three months. Sweet. Yeah. Do you think you'll need more than that? I hope so. Yeah. Uh, it seems pretty popular. Everybody's eager to get their hands on a copy. Well, this is going to be, uh, you know, it was a good collaboration. We'll see what people think of it. Um, you know, there aren't any reviews on Amazon yet because it hasn't gotten mm -hmm. out yet. We'll see what happens. Well, no, make sure everybody, when you receive your copies, because I know everybody listening is going to want a copy as well. So when you get your copies, don't forget to leave a good review up on Amazon for it. Hey, and you know what? If people, if people want to get a discount, and everybody does, they should go on Oaksterdam University. Oaksterdam yeah. University. Okay. Yeah, and you know they they give classes in all phases of um, the industry, mm -hmm. whether bud tender, different, just all different stuff, cultivation running a business, all, all stuff. So anyway, so Oaksterdam University, uh, uh, if you buy the book through them, you get a $5 discount and the university gets, uh, gets uh, $5 to their fund for scholarship fund for veterans. Cool. So buying so, the book there, essentially you're helping veterans learn how to grow their own cannabis. Right. Help, buy a book, help a vet. That's right. And, and no extra cost to the consumer as well. Right. You get a discount. Yeah. You, get, you will get $5. You know, this is in the States, but mm -hmm. people in the States, people will get $5 discount and then $5 it also goes over to, uh, uh, to the vets. And then um, the university said that they'll match, they'll match every donation you know, every donation. So your $5 becomes $10 cool. to the university. Nice. It must be nice to be doing something like that as well, Ed. You're being involved yeah, in a project like that. The, yeah, the, the, the people at the university are very dedicated people. I, I, I like uh, working with them. Cool. I think they're doing worthwhile work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're in the States, there are so many vets who, you know, have been abandoned by the government, you know, okay, you did your job for us. We don't want to hear it as a government. So th this is something to help, um, you know, help a dependent group. Mm. We had a question here. Uh, Ed, will the book be on audio download read by yourself from SG2? Well, probably won't be read if it's on audio and several people have lost asset. Uh, I think I'd get a professional reader to do it. Uh, however, I might be, I might do parts of it. Yeah, man, and, it would be so uh, cool. To but, but it is, but it is on, you know, you can get it digital. Yeah. You can, you can buy like a, you know, you, uh, uh, a digital version. And get different people to read different chapters. You know, get Jorge Cervantes in to read a chapter, and maybe Danny Danko would have a go. Uh, all these well, people. Well, Danny, yeah. Danny is in the book. Oh, cool. He, he, he's in the book. 
good uh, Mel Frank is in the book. Um, Remo. Nice. Yeah, they're all in the book. So So maybe those those chapters could be read by the individuals. That'd be cool, man. Yeah. You could make a video out of it and shit, but that's another big project. It's a big project recording a book, especially a book of that size. You say 600 pages? Yeah, almost 700. Wow. But the thing about it is that, you know, I could... I can see it more with, um, you know, fiction or, you know, something that isn't as detailed as this, but this gets really detailed and it has uh, any number of charts that go with the, uh, uh, with the writing. And uh, so I don't know exactly how you would accomplish doing an audio version of this. We'd have to have some sort of uh, text with it. Mm-hmm. maybe a digital text yeah yeah that's it to read along and, and of course all the pictures yeah the, the pictures and the charts no 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 what's the world coming to people can't even bother to read for themselves now what's wrong with you yeah. who said that SG2 read it yourself bro <laughs> so when's it going to be legal in England it already is in my world bro <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I mean Boris Johnson, as you already said, mate, he hasn't got the slightest clue about anything. So we don't see anything getting done about anything anytime soon. That's just the way it is. But it yeah. seems to be decriminalized here already anyway. They just haven't told us. So they well, they seem to ignore it most of the time. See, when they said that they were legalizing in New York and uh so so uh and then you could smoke it anywhere where you could smoke a cigarette. And, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, this is great because now I can go outside of New York and smoke a joint just <laughs> like I used to do there 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, crazy. Because it was uh, decriminalized for a while in New York, right? Back in the 70s. Well, it was never... De- it, it, it was... Um, I think there was some decrim. But uh, but it should have been legalized years ago. It should never have been illegal, right? But mm-hmm. it should have been legalized years ago, except for asses like uh, uh, Cuomo. I mean, um, I I don't understand what his what his problem was. Yeah, He'd, yeah. somebody paying him off, probably. I don't I don't Bribe. think so. I, 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 I think he had his own prejudices that were uh, just outrageous. We had a question here from Chilbert earlier. Yeah, I didn't realize, or as he would say, I didn't realize that my touching you on the breast made you uh, uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's in a lot of trouble lately, isn't he? And he's like, I'm he's Italian. Out. It's just because I'm Italian. I'm just touchy because I'm Italian. <laughs> like, Fuck off, mate. <laughs> Don't make it right. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, Chilbert here. If you don't mind, Ed, he asked uh, a question about breeding. Any tips on male selection for breeding? Well, remember this: that the males do have some potency, and so you should compare males to see which you like, which have potential, which have more potential based on what the high from them is like. Hmm. 
right? Yeah, a lot of people are getting interested in breeding over at Percy's recently, over on the forum. Well, the thing about cannabis that makes it so easy is that it's easy to separate the males and the females. As let's say compared with tomatoes, where you have both male and female uh, organs on the same flower. All right. Well, see, so then you have so, to pick the organs off the plant. Exactly. You have to pick one off. Like you, you pick the might pick the male one off, and uh, so that you could pollinate the female with a different uh, with different pollen than it would ordinarily get. Mm. Yeah. I've yeah. never really looked into growing other plants other than cannabis. Really. I mean, but I'm you know what? To... If you take a look at a lily, and if you and if you look at uh, a lily flower, it will have a, a, a stigma, and that's in the middle, mm. and it's surrounded by stamens that hold the pollen. And, uh, you know, often they take um, the, uh, the pollen-bearing part of the stamen off because mm-hmm. it, it, can, the, it can stain uh, the 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 leaves oh, but anything it falls on yeah yeah so um so that's called a perfect flower and that has both male and female on the same flower mm-hmm. and then there are some plants like begonias and they have uh separate male and female flowers but on the same plant but only a very small percentage of uh, seeded plants have male and female on separate plants wow cannabis is a a rarity then that type of plant right i didn't know that that's cool it seems to tick all the boxes this magical plant that we love well i think (laughs) i think originally the progenitor to both hops and cannabis were was hanging out in uh in the himalayan foothills and along the long hindu kush valley and May, perhaps maybe 10, year, 10 million years ago or so, the, it started, the uh, environment started to change and it began to get more um, temperate rather than su- su- subtropical. And as that happened, then you got more seasons. And so um, hops dealt with the seasons by dying back in the fall and then sending out new shoots in the spring. And cannabis became an annual. And so it had been a perennial, but now it was an annual. Mm. And so that, um, uh, and, but it retained the separate male and female plants, like perennial plants are more likely to have that. They're, can't, I I can't name a, another annual that is uh, has separate male and female plants. Wow, man, I, yeah. it just never ceases to amaze me. This plant. Well, it just evolved because uh, because it started out in a subtropical area where it could become a short-lived perennial and grow. Uh, grew, uh, continue growing uh, throughout the year. And uh, since it could not, couldn't deal with cold, what it did was evolve to become an annual so that it flowered the first year and dropped its seeds. Wow. Yeah. 
How long ago do you think humans started using it? Uh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think they might have started using it mainly for um, uh, for food right. because because it's easy to harvest the seeds mm-hmm. and they're pretty nourishing. I wonder what they taste like. I've never eaten a spoonful of cannabis seeds. <laughs> oh, well, you, can buy, you can buy these shelled cannabis seeds in the store. Buy some. Wow. Where from? What's the, well, maybe you in California, but not here in the UK, Ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to it, it would be uh, shelled hemp hemp seed. Yeah, you can get them in Walmart. Really? I'm gonna have no, to no. In, in, a, in a whole uh, in a natural food store. Yep. You just look yeah. for a seeded hemp seed. What? What's it called? Uh, shell, uh, uh, shelled hemp seed. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so I think that people, that's how people start probably started using it. Mm. And then they found the fiber. And then when they burned it, they got high. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to do all this plant. You stuck it on the fire here in this cave. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a good way to be a caveman. Chucking ganja well, plants on the fire every night. Well, how about this? You're in a tent, and then you light a fire and you let it smolder, mm. and everybody in the tent gets high, right? Oof. Like really high, man! Wow, that'd be fun to try. Heraclitus wrote wrote about this uh, this uh, Scythians, and he said that's how they got high. Just sitting in a tent. They'd be in a small tent, you know, like a sweat lodge, you know, mm-hmm. something yeah, like yeah. that. Right, and then then they throw start throwing um, um, buds on the fire, right, and the whole room would get smoky, right. Mm-hmm. Love to give that a shot. That's what the shamans do with uh, the DMT and shit like that as well. Have you, have you, do you do psychedelics much? You know, you mentioned mushrooms. What about DMT? Have you tried that before, Ed? Mm-hmm. Mushrooms are more my, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. are very accessible. Right. Do you do mushrooms often? Do you microdose? And is that what you do? It varies. Yeah. It varies. Depends uh, how relaxed I am, <laughs> where I am. I bet in Cancun I do it every day, daily. Right? Cool. Are you just rolling something there? Where are you filling up your pipe? Hope everybody's smoking. I was cleaning the pipe. I have to get, have to get a poker here. <laughs> Ooh, monkey! You know mushrooms. You know what that is? Uh, no, not familiar with that particular one. Is that psilocybin? Is it? One of oh them. no! I would never show you psilocybin. No, oh. What is it? <laughs> it's interesting. Not seen that one in the wild. Yeah, Cubensis. Yeah, this is called hillbilly. It's not in the wild. Ah. You'll never see it in the wild. Okay. So what does that one do, Ed? I haven't tried it yet. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Eat it. Eat it, Ed. <laughs> it looks delicious. Do it. So, but what, when, one more time then, Ed. Uh, we can just, what was that site? Oaksterdam. 
universities. O-A-K-S-T-E-R-D-A-M. Oaksterdam. Cool. Oaksterdam University. And you, you can buy the book there, buy Ed's new book. Yeah, and you get a discount buying the book, and they wind up, and the uh, vets wind up with $10 uh, towards the scholarship. Awesome. Yeah. Nice, man. But we should let you go then, Ed, because it's getting very late, and we've kept it for a long time. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate being on your show. It's always enjoyable. Yeah, so. always, we always appreciate you having on, Ed. Anytime you want to come on, just let us know. You're always welcome. Well, you know, like... So I'll be on tomorrow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I uh, do anticipate being on your show again soon. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Anytime, man. Just let us know. Your, the seat's okay. always open, Ed. Okay, thank you. Right, you take care, man. We'll speak soon. Okay. okay. See bye. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Thank you. Son. a little easter egg for any of you guys still listening percy's grow room now has a new sponsor hlg and we've got a massive competition coming up very soon where you can win one of their lights 350r diablo the thing is a beast and you have a chance to win it if you're a member of percysgrowroom.com so if you're a listener of the show but you're not a member of percy's you need to go and sign up now because that when that competition comes you have to have a certain amount of posts in order to enter it and you want to enter this comp we'll see you over at Percy's or on the show on Friday or Sunday or next week on Tuesday or whenever <laughs> have a good week